Hail and well met. Welcome back to another episode of Self-Evident. I am Alyssa and today I'm with Kenna Rose and Jenna. Today we are going to be discussing something that is very, 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 very common in, I wouldn't say Gen Z, I would just say young adult women in general or get women, women in, general. in general and that is romance novels, bum, bum, bum. even Christian romance novels because we don't want to exclude those because I think Kenna has a lot to say about all of those topics. So Kenna, what do you think of romance novels, specifically Christian ones? Because we know that the secular ones contain a lot of content that is not fit for consumption just because of the explicit sexual material. However, Christian romance novels seem to have a different allure. Yeah, like a free pass. Right. Yeah. So when I was younger, I, I love reading. So when I was younger, I had a lot of people who would recommend books to me just They'd be like, oh, your daughter loves to read? She should read these. And so they would even lend us their copies and stuff. So one lady lent us these copies of, like, romance novels, Christian romance novels. And it was a couple series. And I remember reading them. And I was a little uncomfortable because it really was. It was just very, very feelings-focused. I don't Mm. think – well, I don't – one, I don't believe it was an accurate representation of love in a biblical sense, even though they were Christian romance novels. But also, I mean, the characters just got themselves into trouble repeatedly. Not like... So it was just poorly written. It was poorly produced, just all around, just kind of poor. Yeah, and, and it was very... The whole focus of the novel was on getting the main character a boyfriend. And so that was the entire point of the novel. That's and it was a series. And so it would follow her as she would try to find these different guys. And it was very feelings focused. Would you say that those books set unrealistic standards on women maybe, but specifically on men? Well, I, I do think they set unrealistic expectations because one, I feel like even Christian romance novels tend to be proponents of the idea of finding true love mm. and then also of finding the perfect meaning like there's nothing wrong with this guy the girl finds he's exactly everything mm-hmm. that's just not realistic it's not, no yeah so Alyssa with romance novels how what has first of all I think we should like what Kenna was doing I think we should each give a little bit of our experience with it because I'm pretty sure all of us have had an experience or another with romance novels so what was your experience like what woke you up to something that you feel like it wasn't right yeah so I was the girl that was actually very obsessed with them and specifically the Christian ones and I would just go through them nonstop, inhale them And I forget what kind of stopped me, but I think I was just, I don't know if I was listening to a podcast or maybe I was talking to someone and they were talking about the importance of balance or something like that. And I realized, I'm like, this is the only thing I read. This is my favorite genre. Why is this my favorite genre? And I realized that I was embarrassed to tell people that I enjoyed this genre. So so I started like this self-reflection of, am I embarrassed because there's something wrong with it? Or am I just embarrassed because I'm immature or insecure or something like that? Um, 
So what I did was I took like a, a fast from romance novels and I just focused on theology. And I just read theology book after theology book about God's grace and his election and his um, goodness in our life and learning more about his character. And then I went back to the romance novels and I could not stomach them. Wow. I just kept seeing how, you know, I would read a book and like false. That is not love. That is feelings oriented. The characters are focused on how he makes her feel, what he's done to hurt her feelings. Same thing, vice versa. Focused on the physical, way too much description on the physical, in my opinion, in a lot of these quote-unquote Christian books. Um, when they touch you, it feels like lightning and like all of these exaggerations that I would say put unrealistic standards on men yeah. to live up to <laughs> of this level of perfection and... It I also just, helped, I didn't like it. it. It also fuels women with daydreaming because mm -hmm. I kind of feel like with women, that is one of our tendencies to do is to create the most ideal person or place or just we are big visionaries. Oh, absolutely. And so when we read romance novels, when we read fiction at all, that is kind of purporting this like okay when he touches you it's supposed to feel like this mm -hmm. when he talks to you you're supposed to feel like this when when you're around him you're supposed to feel like and if it this. doesn't feel like that he's not the one mm -hmm. yes and especially too because if you read like you were saying there has to be a balance if you read so many romance novels like that's the only thing you fill yourself even if that's the majority of what you fill yourself with you're going to start thinking life works along those lines you're going to start seeing life as working along those very feelings-based lines mm -hmm. because the things you put into your head shape the way you think even if you're an adult even yeah. if you're a young adult my experience with romance novels began long after i had had a good grounded a good grounded experience in reading so i had a bunch of books donated to me by a christian coworker, and I trusted her word. I'm like, oh, great. This is really cool. So I started reading them, and most of them were, I kind of feel like in the Christian genre, everything is like, oh, she's a detective, and he's the officer she comes to work with, and they have to get along, and blah, blah, blah. So there was a lot of that where it's like, it's murder mystery, and you know, she gets kidnapped, and he comes to the rescue, and things like that. I loved like the analytics part of that, and yes, I did enjoy the romance part of it for a bit. But something always rubbed me the wrong way about it. I kind of feel like it's the same plot in different places. For me, that the the thing that turned me off to romance novels was just the plot. I'm like, there's nothing new here. Mm -hmm. Every, mm -hmm. Everything is the same. I can't yeah. stand this. Mm -hmm. And only later did I come to realize, I'm like, this, what, what are they doing? It's like every woman has a perfect man and they all look the exact same and talk the exact same. And think the exact same and yeah it, it's the macho guy he's strong and he's handsome but he's not gentle and he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's compassionate and he just he, is it, he he's mind. able to read her and he and can he's see highly and intelligent he's so, so intelligent smart four different degrees and he's been hurt before by other women Exactly. She is the one. And she's who comes. different. Yes. <laughs> she's not like Which other I'm girl. not trying to blast that too much because I mean I am married, so I did find someone that I thought was the only person I still think is the only person I can ever be married to. So I'm I'm not doubting that there is that God has a person in mind for you. 
what I'm kind of lambasting right now is just this unrealistic set of expectations of you need to be this and this and this and this and this. And even when you tell someone like you realize this is like guys are not like this. You realize that. They're like, oh, but a perfect guy. Like mm-hmm. if he could be like, this is what I would want. It's like you've already fallen prey to this set and of expectations. I actually, I actually know some girls who would be like, no, there is a perfect man out there for me. And this perfect man would not have had stumbled in certain ways. This man will not have stumbled doing this. This man would know how to do this. This man would know exactly how to lead me. This, And while I appreciate their faith in humanity, I've come to realize that, no, you are, everybody has fallen. Everybody mm-hmm. will have stumbled. You're basically looking for, I don't know, it's kind of like filling A Disney this, prince. That, and you're kind of trying to fill the whole of a savior yeah mm-hmm. that's like, that's actually a very true observation i think that's a perfect observation that if you're expecting your husband to perfectly lead you all the time to perfectly know what to do in every single situation to perfectly love you to always be this 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 whatever expectation you have in your mind of how your uh your boyfriend your fiance your husband you're someone you're interested in if you have that expectation of how they're supposed to relate to you all the time, you're going to be disappointed again and again when they fall short. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even I have to remind myself, like, duh, Alyssa, he's not perfect. Stop. And I think it's the Holy Spirit chiding me for that when I have, when that expectation comes up that, you know, he's not perfect. Ben is not perfect. He's never going to be until glory, but he is the best thing that's happened to me and we're Mm -hmm. meant to grow together Mm -hmm. as a couple and if you take that I don't know it takes the experience away of like life like life is messy but it's meant to be lived yes you're not life is not daydream life is reality it's nitty-gritty it you're living life with this person Mm -hmm. and you're both going to see each other's mistakes and it's not as I don't know romantic as romance novels make it out to be you know with those types of romance novels where it's like, oh, they're both in the kitchen and they're both so devastated. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I got snappy after work and everything. Well, and he understands exactly how she's feeling and knows mm-hmm. exactly what to say. Most of the time he doesn't. And you need to tell him this hurt my feelings. And mm-hmm. you go through, I don't know. I just, I just hate romance novels. Well, I think another <sighs> thing romance novels do, especially ones in the Christian genre, is it's generally the romance plot with a couple of Christian platitudes thrown in. So it's not even really like Love these two people <laughs> want to follow the Lord and they're seeking to put him first. It's this girl is looking for a boyfriend or not, and, you know, he just comes along. But, like, and then you have a couple of Christian platitudes thrown in to make it a Christian novel. Yeah. And, honestly, I don't think we quite realize how addictive a romance novel can be because they're super easy to read and it's it very makes, true it's it makes you feel good it makes you have all of these butterflies in your stomach of like oh my goodness this woman found what the, she was she f- looking for yes exactly she and found she, she found man. what i want and she, mm-hmm. like this means that's yes. that's possible mm-hmm. and honestly i've heard it romance novels be compared to what pornography is to men pornography is extremely addictive to men because men are very visual women well we're visual we're visionaries we are emotional Mm -hmm. and so what romance novels do to us it takes our emotions captive just like Mm -hmm. it takes 
men's minds captive. Like they, it takes their, it takes like their sight and away from what women actually are. Mm-hmm. And Doug Wilson pointed out that just like pornography makes men think women think about the sexual aspect of a relationship just the way men do. Mm-hmm. That like that the entire relationship is just purely physical. Well, romance novels teach women that men think about the emotional aspect of relationships the way women do. Mm-hmm. And so basically, it is kind of pornography for your emotions. It like it takes them captive and it's so hard to get out of. Mm-hmm. Some I'm of sure them, that when especially when they talk exact about how everything feels, but it's like how every touch feels and how like like it's it's just it's so disgusting. Yeah. And I'm sure it wasn't wasn't easy for you to take a fast from romance novels oh, no. initially. It was very difficult, but um, I think it was the Lord that honestly helped me do it. And after coming back to them, and then shortly after that, I got into a relationship, and I just felt really convicted that I just don't want to read something and then have this ideal man in my mind from this book and then apply it to Ben. I felt very when I would think about reading this book, another romance novel book again, I just got this icky feeling that, you know what, this isn't good for your relationship. You need to not read that. It distorts your perspective yeah. about, about mm-hmm. who Ben truly is. And even I, I was lent one and I was reading it. And in the very first chapter, second, third chapters, things were happening that I was just so uncomfortable with. And I was telling Ben about it. I was like, this is what is in this book, and it's a Christian author. And he's like, you know, Alyssa, I am not comfortable with you reading that. And I put it down, and I gave it back. And so even to hear my fiancé, I think he was my fiancé at the time, to say he doesn't like that, that I would be reading something like that, that was kind of another, like, red flag in my face. Like, oh, my goodness, why is this so popular in Christian culture? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my future husband doesn't like this. So how do these women who have husbands write this? If my future husband is like, no, 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 please don't read that. That's disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've also heard it, what pornography does to men, it makes men think that women have a men's brain with, you know, a woman's body. Mm -hmm. And romance novels make women think that a man has a woman's brain in a man's body. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, we're the same. No, we're not the same. No. This is exactly what how God created us. We are supposed to be completely different. Yeah. And that's one of the beauties of a good godly Christian relationship is the man is supposed to submit his desires to the woman and the woman is supposed to submit her desires to man. It all comes back to, well, sacrificing. It's love is actually sacrificial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Absolutely. And I would even say that some aspects I wouldn't say my relationship has been harmed, but I have had to make conscious effort to think biblically about different situations because of how many years I read novels like that. And you don't realize it has a grip over your mindset until you're placed in a situation where the book guy would have handled this this way. And you're expecting that of your husband. It's like, wait. Mm. It's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, when you're actually placed in a situation where he's quote unquote supposed to read your mind, And you get upset. Well, I'm talking to me right now. When I get upset (laughs) that I have to explain why I'm upset. It's like, well, Ben, why don't you know what I'm thinking? Exactly. And it's like, like, oh, wait. (laughs) I was taught in this romance novel where a woman writes the part of the man that the man knows why the woman is upset. So now I'm attributing that 
to my husband to say, Ben, why don't you know why you upset me? Why do I need to tell you why? Why do we need to communicate? Why yeah. can't you just like telepathy yeah. all the mm-hmm. time? Anyway, that's one way I've noticed that even years later that, oh my goodness, I'm still having to detangle this falsehood of relationships from yeah. what it actually is. Yeah, because yeah, go creates ahead. a whole worldview in your mind. And then I do want to say it's like not every romance novel is evil because obviously Pride and Prejudice, Jane Austen, her books are very well written. Well, yes. And well, there are certain aspects of some of her books where I'm like, really? There woman? were some <laughs> things in Northanger Abbey. I, I did not. It was her like, first novel. It was her first true. novel, ladies and gentlemen. I think that, that's actually fair. <laughs> I think that's she realized, fair. you know what? I think I better focus on character development. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can also realize in Pride and Prejudice, I mean, Lizzie was prejudiced against Mr. Darcy because there was no communication. She's just Mm -hmm. like, well, why isn't he reading my mind? Right. And he was doing the exact same. He didn't read her mind. He couldn't pick up the clues that, you know, he literally asked her to marry him. And she's like, have you not been reading (laughs) me this entire time? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jane, she accurately portrays what a woman's mindset is (laughs) and what a man's mindset is. Exactly. I think that's why it's the greatest romance novel ever. Yeah. I think that's why. And yeah. she was so accurate. And that's that's why there are certain there are certain books that actually will help you right understand how life works because fiction is actually supposed to equip mm-hmm. you, inspire you and ennoble you to do what you need to do in life. It's supposed to like help the rubber meet the road. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was going to say though even though you have some of those like Jane Austen's better written <laughs> novels even if also that's, really good <laughs> <laughs> even if that's all you fill your mind with that's still not good because it's still going to give you unrealistic expectations and teach you things that aren't exactly accurate mm-hmm. about the world around you which is why you need scripture which is the completely without error and that that's that's the way you know that you know mm-hmm. it's god inspired it's god breathed mm-hmm. you you're not going to get any fake advice from this Absolutely. and that's why i think it was charles spurgeon who said that you are supposed to visit many books but you're supposed to live in the bible that's right i mean i know this might sound kind of cheesy but honestly the greatest love story ever told is christ's redemptive covenant love for his people amen and i think when we get our eyes off of that and we focus on the created and i mean marriage is beautiful relationships are beautiful But if we forget that marriage and relationships are a picture of Christ and his church, I think that's where all of this stuff just goes wrong. We create a different kind of almost God in our mind of how life is supposed to be. I think that was what Spurgeon was talking about with fiction. Like fiction is great. All these different genres are great. But you need to reorient your mind to what life is like and what it's about. It's about living for God's glory. Yeah, that's why Philippians 4 says you need to think on what is true and honorable and right. We are to be sober and vigilant at all times. And if you have nothing but one Christian romance novel after another that you're inhaling, I mean, you're not balancing your reading and you're Mm -hmm. thus desensitizing your mind and heart. So we do need to be active readers, not passive. So just because it has the genre Christian, it fits in that genre, does not mean you can turn your mind off and simply right. enjoy the book. It still if anything, requires critical thinking. If anything, <laughs> it needs you to like heighten that because mm-hmm. you're need, you need to be able to pick out the fallacies in that book mm-hmm. that's well, titled Christian. Because oftentimes, too, when you read secular novels, you go into it prepared, okay, I'm going to meet up against things that like don't your, go your, along your with my faith. already up. Right, but when you read something entitled Christian, you're like, oh, it's Christian, like, it'll oh, be fine. Okay. Yeah. Right, so that's why you do need to be extra careful. It's not that I'm trying to hate on romance because God created romance and everything he creates is good. 
and it has but it does have a particular place in life and Mm -hmm. I think that romance novels really exacerbate it and make it the focus of life yeah that if you do not have a relationship you're not living life to the fullest because this man just completes you and I would say like true being married I mean Ben does complete me but he's not God no and Ali Bestucki had a great when she um was at the Young Women's Leadership Summit, she had a great um, speech. And she was talking about how your greatest call in life is not to be a wife. It's not to be a mother. Though those are amazing callings and those are high callings. Your greatest calling in life is just the same as it is for a man and a woman. You are called to glorify God and to serve him forever. And if that means that God has marriage and family for you, that's beautiful. But if it means you stay single, God is calling you to contentment. Yeah. And I think romance novels take away from that because it makes life about the romance and it, yeah it makes women impatient for that season of their lives mm-hmm. as well and if they're not in that season of life they think that they are failing mm-hmm. at, in life and that's not true mm-hmm. so i think it's more this episode is more like a call to contentment i do think so yeah like stop looking at these book boyfriends because that's what they're called like my who's your book boyfriend because i that's a theme i'm seeing on some instagrams and it's like stop it just stop he's not your book boyfriend he is an imaginary character that you think is gonna that you maybe dream about or daydream about and you're never gonna find someone like that in this life and if you do get married, you might find yourself being very disappointed in your husband because you have this expectation on them. It's like, stop, just put it down, read a theology book on marriage, a good one, mm-hmm. and just or be read, content. Or read a book on contentment. I yeah. mean, there was, there's one book that, I don't remember who wrote it, but it's called the... Um, I know Nancy Wilson has one single and satisfied. That is a phenomenal book. And she actually based most of her research in the, that book, Single and Satisfied, on the jewel of Christian contentment, which mm. is, I don't remember who it's written by. Um, but if you read Nancy Wilson's book, she will bring it up for you. I, I'm not impatient in this part of my life. I found it so helpful to have a path forward in this older woman coming to write this book for me in the season of life that I am in and she laid out steps like no you're just like what Ali Beth Stecky said no it's not it's not that you are um that your end goal is to be married and have a family even if that if that is what your desire is if that is what God has for you then wonderful but while you are waiting for that while you while that is in your future you can be beautifying your community and glorifying God through pouring into others where you're at right now mm-hmm. you can be sharpening your mind you can be honing your skills that just because you're here doesn't mean you can't be content mm-hmm. and that's something that I've been learning too yeah not only in like relationships and not even romantically I'm I mean even platonically as well mm-hmm. but basically in life like where you are in your church where you are in your job where you are in your theology walk and it 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 applies to everything you need to be content where god has placed you but you also need to keep pursuing him and finding other ways to glorify him that's perfectly said life doesn't start with a boy i mean that (laughs) that's kind of the problem sometimes with um because i help with um youth groups at my church when they start up in the fall 
that's a lot of the problems that happen when you get into upper middle school, lower high school, is these girls are boy crazy and everything revolves around the boys. And that changes as we get older to where it might not look like we're boy crazy, but at the same time, look at what most of young adult women read. Yeah. So it kind of changes. It kind of morphs into romance novel consumption and just thinking about getting married and all, which I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is an unhealthy focus of it is bad because maybe God doesn't have marriage for you. If God does not have marriage for you, can you honestly say that you would be okay with that? And if your answer is no, then maybe you need to find out a little bit more of who God is and why he's created you and why he completes you and not marriage or a family. Um, That's just a challenge. I mean, I kind of had to come to that spot because I used to be very desperate to get married and have a family. Like, God, if this is not what you have for me, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. This is kind of the only thing I want. Mm. And he just brought me to a place of extreme contentment to where if I get married, fine, that's great. If not, I will be perfectly satisfied in him. And coincidentally, that's when God brought Ben into my life. It's almost like God was waiting for me to be truly content until he brought that. He was waiting for you to turn everything over to him. Exactly. And yeah, I don't know. I just think contentment is beautiful. And it's needed even when you are married because, I mean, (laughs) I'm not perfect. Your husband's not perfect. And if you're looking for them to perfect you or make you feel a certain way, they're going to fail. And then you're down in the dumps again. And it's like (laughs) God was the only one that was meant to satisfy us. You're going to find that out sooner or later. You might as well find it out now. (laughs) Newsflash. Well, What do we have a quote that we want to use? Well, with all of that being said, I think that wraps up our conversation quite well. If you are content in Christ, he will, that's that's in scripture. I mean, um, you know, you need to commit yourself to the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And that's because we've used this quote before. If you love God, you're able to do as you please because if you're loving him, you are going to, your desires are going to line up with what his plan is for your life. So as long as you are focused on Christ, you are not going to be discontent. And that's something that I'm definitely learning myself intensely. But with all of that being said, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you um, reflect on what was the the challenge issued here by Alyssa and Kenna and I, um, because it goes to us too. We Mm -hmm. We definitely need to be content in every aspect of our lives, like Alyssa was saying. So with all of that being said, let us firmly rely on the protection of divine providence. And as John Piper says, God is most glorified through us when we are most satisfied in him. This is self-evident. 